today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Kathleen Wynne in Niagara talking about cap and trade and, you know, trying to sell it to everybody. Of course, people are skeptical because... Not because of, and this is the drag about this, is that, you know, because she has been so um, secretive and certainly lack of transparency when it comes to these deals and what's going on, and our rates keep going up and going up, she's turning people off the whole green movement. And the drag is, is that everybody's green. Everybody wants to save the planet for the grandkids. And why does she keep dividing us all as if some are green and some are fossil fuel burning pigs? No, we just don't want to get hosed. And when the Auditor General says we've overpaid by $37 billion for this scheme, people are going to be questioning cap and trade. And when you have Kathleen Wynne saying things like, even though we're a small percentage of the overall global greenhouse gas emissions, we're very bad actors in terms of our per capita greenhouse emissions. To talk more about all this, Dr. Ross McKittrick is with us, Professor of Economics and CBE Fellow in Sustainable Commerce, Department of Economics and Finance with the University of Guelph, and he is with us now. Hello, Ross. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time. What do you think of Premier Wynne's comments on us being very bad actors? Well, you know, the problem I find with people who really get entrenched in the environmentalist mindset is that nothing you do is ever enough. Now, Ontario has paid a huge cost over the past decade for cleaning up air quality and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Just to rattle off a couple of numbers, our total particulate emissions since 1990 are down over 50%, and particulate emissions for motor vehicles are down two-thirds over the past 25 years. And that wasn't cheap. I mean, that's built into the price of the cars that people buy. It's built into the price of goods and services because of the pollution control requirements. So at the end of all of that, for her to turn around and say, we're a bunch of bad guys, um, and the same with the greenhouse gases. We paid a fortune to phase out the coal-fired power plants. They could have done it much cheaper. They could have accomplished all the same goals at a fraction of the cost. It's their own fault that it's turned out to be so expensive. And so naturally, people are uh, unhappy that she wants to lay on a whole bunch of new costs through the cap-and-trade scheme. And this is not a, a government that's forthcoming about the costs of these things. So, of course, people are skeptical. For her to turn around and just blame it all on the public and say, we're the bad guys, I can understand people be very frustrated by that because uh, at a certain point, you know, it just becomes clear. It's, it's never enough with, with these folks. And whatever costs we've borne, it seems like they just want to keep laying more and more costs on. If we're bad actors, how come she came out the, uh, the other week and said we were going to cancel future plans? <laughs> well, see, that's another interesting thing because... For a long time, they kept insisting that adding renewables to the supply mix wasn't going to push up our costs, and that wasn't the source of the problems. And then they finally had to admit that actually that is a big source of the problem. And so they're trying to, they're not reversing course, they're just slowing down mm-hmm. the accumulation of costs. Um, so that was, I, you know, in, in the end, that doesn't really affect, doesn't help because it's not going to reduce people's costs. It just, um, means a future round of increases that might not go through, but it doesn't actually um, cut costs. To me, the big thing there is just it's an admission. It's an admission that, uh, yeah, these renewables were behind the big push-up in uh, the power prices, and uh, that's where the problem is. 
Uh, why a uh, cap and trade versus a carbon tax? Why does BC prefer the carbon tax over cap and trade? Why are we doing something different? Um, well, BC is right to prefer carbon tra- carbon tax over cap and trade if you're going to use a, a pricing model. There's a lot of economic literature on this that uh, cap and trade systems for something like greenhouse gases, for carbon dioxide in particular, um, cap and trade doesn't work very well because the underlying technology there's really very few options for reducing emissions, and that translates into a huge amount of uncontrollable price volatility. And so jurisdictions that have tried to use cap and trade they fall into one of two errors. One is they're too restrictive and the price goes through the roof, or as happened in Europe, they relax the permit supply a little bit and the price collapses. But either way, it's a very hard system to put in place and make work. No one's really been able to do it for carbon dioxide. Whereas a carbon tax, um, the advantage there is you pick the price that you think is appropriate and then the market responds to the price and everything stays very predictable and constant. So. Um, she's not acting here on the basis of sound economic analysis. Uh, I think politicians like cap-and-trade because it's easier to bury the costs and also to try to divert the revenues. CBC puts all the revenue back into income tax reductions. Everybody can see the money going in and coming back out. With cap-and-trade, it's very hard to follow the money. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.